0: This is a Retail Insider podcast. You're listening to The Weekly. Welcome to this week's episode of The Weekly by Retail Insider. I'm Lee Rippett, and I'm joined with the Editor-in-Chief of Retail Insider, Craig Patterson, to discuss this week's most read articles on retail-insider.com. So thanks for joining me, Craig. Hello, everyone. Now, we're currently recording on January the 21st, 2021. And there's two main articles that were quite popular over the last week, plus a mall tour that was kind of special. So the first article that we're going to cover is Barney's New York not coming to Canada, which is heartbreaking for Craig because he was super excited when the news broke when they were and now they're not. So... The second article is the shopping centers in Canada seeing significant changes in 2021. And then the mall tour that was kind of fun that uh, I kind of helped with was West Edmonton Mall. And it's such a beast. If you've ever been to that mall, we had to split it into two parts. So we're going to cover that a little bit as well. But before we get there, Craig, do you want to just hop directly into the sad news that Barney's New York is not coming to Canada? Yes, let's discuss Barneys, um, New
1: York. bit disappointed in that yeah. situation.
0: Well, and uh, normally we don't pay attention to a lot of the United States retail news because we're a Canadian publication. But when this came across the wire, I kind of passed it over to Craig so he could take a look at it. And, you know, uh, obviously he's super passionate about it. So it landed up in one of our retail insider briefs. So take a peek at it there. Yeah. And uh, But do you want to give a little bit of background about them coming to Canada and how this kind
1: of all fell apart? Yeah, yeah. I mean, an interesting story I'll- summarize yeah. it because it was quite long or it would be long if I <laughs> didn't summarize it. <laughs> yeah. um, so Barney's New York in 2019 uh, went bankrupt yeah. unfortunately. A great retailer, yeah. high-end, uh, based in the United, based in New York City. Uh, it was stores around the United States and then some franchise locations in Asia as well. Um, So Associated Brands Group, uh, which is a conglomerate that owns a few different brands, uh, acquired uh, Barneys New York. And the plan was vague at first in 2019. Uh, Ultimately, we discovered the original plan was to open in all of the Saks Fifth Avenue stores, or at least almost all of them. And that included Canada. And we've got three stores for Saks Fifth Avenue in Canada. We've got downtown Toronto at the CF Toronto Eaton Centre in the old uh, Mm -hmm. Simpsons building. Uh, It's now Hudson's Bay. Uh, We've got one out in Sherway, CF Sherway Gardens in Toronto and we've got one at CF Chinook Center in Calgary. So yeah. in theory, yeah. Yeah. Calgary and Toronto could have gotten Barneys New York, but uh, there was a report in uh, uh, WWWD WD. or Women's Wear Daily, as yeah. uh, some may know it, uh, yeah. uh, saying that uh, Barneys uh, or that Saks Fifth Avenue is only opening two uh, in the foreseeable future. Uh test it out. So there's really no plans for any more right now. One is just opened uh, on the fifth floor of the Saks Fifth Avenue flagship uh, in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. It's about 54,000 square feet. So that's pretty big yeah, uh, yeah. considering it's a shop and store. Totally. And uh, they're opening one uh, next, very early next week in uh, Greenwich, Connecticut yeah. in, a, in the former contemporary fashion building for Saks Fifth Avenue on Greenwich Avenue, 200 Greenwich Avenue. Yeah, kind of disappointing.
0: Yeah, and at the end of the day, Barney's New York has quite a brand recognition that kind of goes with it. Like Even looking back to the 80s and 90s, any kind of movie reference to the Barney's New York department store, there's always this ethos or air about it that is very luxurious, very timeless, kind of very regal almost. So when you kind of take a look at mixing that up with Saks, which has a similar ethos, but in the Canadian marketplace, I was very interested to see when they first announced this, what that would translate to for the Canadian shopping experience is when you take a look at our mall tour for Chinook Center in Calgary, you can see it's a very posh looking like center. But like now that it's not coming to Canada, my question for you, Craig, is what do you think Barneys New York could have brought to the Saks shopping experience in Canada that was there before?
1: You could have given Saks Fifth Avenue a little bit of an extra boost, I, I think, for the yeah. consumer. Um, my understanding of what they were looking at doing with Barneys was they would put these Barneys at Saks departments Um, within the Saks Fifth Avenue stores and they would go basically I think where women's contemporary fashion would go. Uh, They would have stuff for both men and women. So I'm not quite sure, again, what the sizing would have been like. But uh, I followed this for over a year uh, from the time that we had the uh, Associated Brands Group uh, um, announcement that they had acquired it. And uh, so my expectation was, for example, in downtown Toronto, we would have seen a Barney's at Saks on the third floor of um, the Saks Fifth Avenue store. Uh, But I'm wondering about menswear. I'm I'm not quite sure if they would have put mens up on the third floor too. Like, I I don't know. We won't know unless a decision is made subsequently that they will bring Barney's into Canada. Uh, and, um, Sherwood Gardens, uh, I don't know. <laughs> so I don't know honestly what they would have done with Barney's, um, mm-hmm. in those, I mean, uh, I could probably guess the downtown Toronto won the best. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually wrote, and you know, this leak, cause you read it, uh, in December of 2019, yeah. I re- <laughs> pre-wrote a full article, a big feature on Barney's coming to Canada. Yeah. And I speculated the heck out of that. It was huge because, uh, you know, I went through every single floor of the downtown store, uh, in Toronto for Saks Avenue and I said where could Barney's go Mm.
0: but it was all for naught. Well hopefully you don't feel too bad about it but the good news is that there is two locations in the United States that are opening so uh, do you have any insight into what is unique about those two locations to kind of give a glimmer of an idea of what may have happened if they did make it up north here for the three stores in Canada? Yeah
1: it'll be interesting I mean what they've done in New York and I think what they're doing in Greenwich is they seem to have some fairly obscure fashion labels that they've brought in uh, to the point I hadn't heard of some of them. I mean, I, I know brands, but I know bigger brands. I, there's many, many, you know, niche, smaller fashion brands that I'm not familiar with, uh, you know, pretty pricey and you may never, may never have heard of them. I mean, actually one example is a Canadian one. We, we wrote about Mr. Saturday, uh, Joey Golish's brand. He had that pop up on uh, queen street. Oh yes. In Toronto. He'd be a great brand for Barneys if it, yeah, well, yeah, anywhere yeah. In Barneys, if it, you know, came to Canada or, or had a good existence in the United States. I mean, I would, probably want him to be in a store like Essence, which I believe he is actually funny enough out of Montreal. And there's a few of these out there. I mean, the new Barneys to me, are these digitally native or, you know, almost omni-channel interesting retailers out there. Uh, again, Essence out of Montreal, uh, Net-A-Porter, um, Teresa. There's there's a few of them out there that uh, may have a physical store as well. So it's almost like these brands and these retailers have taken over from what Barney's used to be because Barney's was, uh, you know, certainly a, a physical retailer. And I would say primarily uh, didn't have e-commerce decades ago. Obviously it didn't exist, but, um, you know, Barney's certainly did have e-commerce. In, in the later stages, but uh, you know, not all businesses can survive. It's expensive doing business when you have expensive leases uh, in really prime locations in the best places in the United States, you know? So uh, unfortunately Barneys is, is not really with us or at least it certainly isn't in the form that it was uh, in years past.
0: Well, I think that is pretty much as much as we wanted to talk about for Barneys. So I was just wondering the second article that we wanted to talk about was uh, one of our house writers, Sean Terry, kind of put yeah. together a really good article on how the shopping centers in Canada are going to see significant changes in 2021. Now, uh, do you want to kind of give a little intro on that?
1: That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Sean Terry wrote a great article about shopping centers, um, seeing changes. We've discussed shopping centers a lot in Retail Insider. Certainly, um, I've done the, uh, shopping center studies in years past for Retail Council of Canada and will continue to be doing studies with Retail Insider. Uh, you know, it's interesting because shopping centers, uh, and I've talked about it a lot, so I won't go into you know, a ton of detail here again, uh, are, I think, transforming. Uh, Shopping center landlords have seen opportunities to redevelop uh, their shopping centers, or I guess more accurately, at least to start add density to their existing shopping centers, which primarily I'm talking about the suburban ones that are one or two floors with a whole bunch of parking around them. Uh, what landlords are now looking at is saying, well, we can put some condo or maybe a rental apartment buildings on the site, it will make more money, um, eventually looking to uh, uh, transform that property into what we might consider to be almost like a, a community center or a community gathering place that would have retail and housing and um, possibly, you know, parks and schools. and." Things, things are changing, but when we look at COVID, I mean, you know, coming back down to, you know, present day we're not seeing that much redevelopment, but we certainly saw a bit of a rift between uh, landlords and tenants because uh, on the one hand, landlords have, uh, you know, obligations in terms of, uh, you know, financial uh, things, you know, they have to pay. They may have mortgages, they've got shareholders, they've got, uh, uh, you know, debt yes. obligations um, and, and then retailers, you know, when governments mandated that stores had to close, they didn't necessarily want to pay full rent because yeah, they weren't no. making men, much or any money oh, yeah, <laughs> in their yeah. stores. Right. So, uh, there became a bit of a s- strained relationship, I guess you'd say between landlords and tenants in, in many cases and shopping centers. And, um, it, what Sean had written is, you know, there is an opportunity now, I think to, um, reestablish that relationship, uh, as, as a partnership, because more landlords need their tenants to survive unless they're going to just redevelop into condos. Yes. But, you know, traditionally, yeah. uh, you know, a shopping center is going to need their tenants and the tenants, if they want to be there, will need that landlord. So it's kind of like a marriage. You're, you got to give and take, uh, not that I'm an expert in that, but you got to give and take a bit in, uh, uh, you know, that relationship. And uh, so I think that it's going to be interesting in 2021. I hope those, I hope the relationships between landlord and tenants do uh, improve. Uh, they should, because uh, now we've seen, uh, I guess, a bit of a new world. Uh, uh, one of the complexities that I, I've noticed is, uh, uh, you know, retailers doing a lot more sales online. Well, how, how does the landlord quantify that, mm-hmm. especially if they're doing, say, a percentage rent, which is becoming more common in shopping centers? So what that means is you retailer makes mm-hmm. sales They pay the landlord rent based on the percentage of the sales that the retailer made. And uh, uh, again, if if you're doing 90% of your sales online, even when you have a store, you know, do you count that towards your rent? Well, that's something landlords and tenants have to deal with. So Mm -hmm. we'll let them sort that out. (laughs)
0: Absolutely. Well, and besides the two popular articles that we wanted to talk about for the podcast, we wanted to highlight that we've been doing all these mall tours, right? Uh, Like even through Christmas, we uh, went all the way around for, let's say Brentwood and Metro town and even like Oshawa center and so on. But this week was a big week. Like we partnered up with best Edmonton mall to do a mall tour of West Edmonton mall. And for most of our people listening to our podcast, uh, they've been to West Edmonton mall. It's a beast of a center. There's four phases. And so in order to deal with 800 plus retailers, we did a photo tour that was broken into two separate articles. So it was a fun article to kind of go through. I helped out with um, organizing it and, and slicing it up. So, so Craig, why don't we kind of talk about that mm-hmm. a little bit? Because it was quite a amount of work and it was a lot of fun, and we're getting a lot of traffic and and readers that are enjoying it. So, what did you think, Craig?
1: Oh, I thought it was great. I mean, uh, the biggest tour that we've done, uh, there couldn't really be one bigger uh, for an enclosed shopping center in North America because it's the biggest shopping center in North America by square footage. <laughs> you know, I, I thought it was great. I mean, I want to say thank you certainly to Matthew from uh, Best Edmonton Mall who provided us with the photos. Uh, we'll be doing more stuff with him, I think. It was it was great. And Lee, I got to say thank you to you as well mm. because you were able to um, take... The beast that is West Edmonton Mall in terms of its size and and turn it into a tour, which was understandable and palatable and logical, because I think of all the things in the tour, uh, that was the hardest part, because how do you take a bunch of photos it's huge. Take a property that's yeah. got five point three million square feet with the mm-hmm. entertainment and other components Off to it, it, not just retail. Yeah, and, and then make it something that you can wa- make people you know walk through and understand. So yeah. you, I love what you did in terms of you you broke it down into sections. You said you know this is this section, this is this section. We did you know, tours back to back both days. We did, you know, phases one and two, the first day, phases three and four and other. I mean, for me, you know, I I captioned quite a bit of the, uh, not, not the part with the links, but I captioned some of the, you know, paragraphs that were in those articles. And honestly, I think that the effort and time I had to put into that versus what, you put in and, and Dustin and anyone else who's worked on it, to, you know, the hardest part was I think getting the photos and getting it organized, getting yeah, those, yeah. you know, links in there and all that stuff. It was, you know, it was a very, it looked like a very lengthy process, or at least to me, it did, but I wasn't involved in some of those activities. So yeah. I was just very impressed when I, Came to start putting some paragraphs in there. And I'm like, holy cow, I'm glad somebody else figured this out. Yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't. <laughs>
0: oh, well, well, it was fun to kind of crack the code on that one there because it is a, a very large mall, right? <laughs> so, and uh, for me growing up in that neck of the woods, it was really great to be able to see it because for me I have childhood memories of like Galaxy Land the water park and stuff but spatially I as an adult 20 years later I just don't know where that is so it was a treat for me to be able to go through and and actually go through the the you know the floor plans and stuff like that to be able to kind of put like my memories to an actual spatial reality and so for myself like I kind of did it from the perspective of uh here's a little bit of history here's each of the different section of the mall from a retail perspective and so it, it has a lot of meat and potatoes to it. So it's almost like a mall profile really. But we also have like, like other articles that are more like, here's like the flow of like a whole bunch of photos of what I've seen and all that kind of stuff, which is more like a, a, a traditional mall tour. And so we know that there's going to be people that really would like that too. So we also took all the best Edmonton mall photos that we received and put it into that kind of a version for folks too. So we have the two articles that are more of a, like a mall profile that are available in phase one and two and three and four plus this overall like mall, like, photo tour itself for those that just want to go, you know, photo caption, photo caption,
1: right? So. Yeah, we'll have a link in the bio on the website if anybody missed it and wants to check it out because uh, we 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 take you through West Edmonton Mall. You know, it's interesting because we do mall tours, but um, also, like you said, mall profile. I kind of like to mix it up because uh, I've, I've given, I mean, I miss doing physical tours, but, you know, I used to do quite a few of those, especially around my neighborhood, Bloor Yorkville. I actually got paid to do a few of them, which is interesting. And um, I do like to tie in history because for myself, part of what I'm experiencing with retail is not just what's in the moment, but quite often I look to some historical elements to get further context. So, say you're in a large department store building in a major city, um, very often, well, you, almost always, there's going to be an element of history to it, uh, which may be quite extensive. And in the case of West Edmonton Mall, um, that is part of my history. I remember being a little kid, and we certainly were going to this big mall, and then um, when I was very young, they were adding a entertainment center, which was called at the time Fantasy Land. And uh, very exciting to someone who's like you know five years old as i would have been at the time yeah i do kind of miss those old days yeah me too
0: but i think that's pretty much a wrap of the two articles and the malter that we wanted to go through craig And thank you to our listeners for being with us today. Please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and we would appreciate it if you left a review with your podcast provider to help others find us too.
1: Thanks everyone for listening and we'll be back soon with some podcasts with me and Lee and I'll be doing a lot of guest podcasts uh, coming up here this year as well.
0: And just a gentle reminder, we do have an email newsletter that you can subscribe to that goes out every weekday morning. And it has a link to the Canadian news from around the web that we've curated from the previous day, as well as links to our recently published articles exclusive to Retail Insider. If you go to our website, retail-insider.com, you can find the subscribe area towards the bottom of our main page, and then you can get that email into your inbox every morning. So thanks everyone for listening. And Craig, thanks for chatting and chat with you next week. Thank you, everyone.